0: Judges chapter 6, you can look all the way at the end of the chapter, all the way at the end. Judges chapter 6, we'll start reading in verse 34. Judges 6, 34. You probably know a little bit about the book of Judges, but let's just suffice to say it is one of the darker times in Israel's history. It's one of the times when the nation as a whole is away from God. And in the middle of a time when the book of Judges tells us over and over again, every man did that which is right in his own eyes, and in the middle of a time when everything was uncertain, there was no strong leadership, God reached down and called a young man named Gideon. And he told Gideon, I want you to lead my, children, my people, the children of Israel, in a fight for victory over the Midianites. Now that was uh, quite a task, but Gideon proved up to the task only through the, through the help of God. Let's look at Judges chapter 6. And verse number 34, we jump into the middle of the very beginning of Gideon's call. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiezar was gathered after him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher, and unto Zebulun, and unto Naphtali. And they came up to meet them. These are the tribes of Israel. Gideon said unto God... If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, Behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the floor, and that the dew be upon the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. And it was so. For he rose up early on the morrow, and thrust the fleece together, and wringed the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once, and I will let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. I want to just speak simply tonight on a topic that you've probably heard before, but is so important in our Christian life, just knowing how to put out a fleece in prayer. Let's pray. Help us, Lord, as we look at your word. Lord, I don't want anything tonight to be uh, my own opinion. I don't want it to be something that you would not want said. And Lord, we pray that you would guard us, uh, that you protect us from anything that would be man's wisdom. But Lord, would your Holy Spirit work and would you help me as I preach? Would you help people as they listen to take the word of God and to use it and apply it to our everyday lives and to see Lord, that you are a God who answers prayer and you're a God who cares even when we're distraught and when we're afraid. You have the power and you have the mercy and the grace to reach down and encourage us. Thank you, Lord. We thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. This time in Gideon's life is a time when he has just been tasked with the impossible. Gideon has been asked To lead a fight against the Midianite army. Now that may not mean much to us because we weren't there and we weren't part of it, but if you read the passage through, you find out a little bit later that this was not a small task. It was an army of over a hundred thousand men that he would have to face. And you have the children of Israel have been in bondage. They've been under the oppression of this country for years. And Gideon now. This young man who says, I'm just the least of the tribe of Manasseh. I'm no one special. I have no special talents. I have no special gifts. Nothing that would make you think, oh, like, actually the Lord said to him when he came, thou mighty man of valor. But Gideon was tasked with this job. And Gideon had a problem. Uh, He was overwhelmed. Have you ever been there? I've been there. He was unsure of what to do. He was even, I think, to the point of having those doubts come upon him and say, are you really sure that this is what you are supposed to be doing? This is foolishness. And Gideon had a decision to make. Now, it's easy to criticize Gideon because he comes at this, and you see a couple times he puts down that fleece and he says, Lord, if as thou hast said, you're going to do this. And that's really not, that's not very theologically correct, is it? That's not how it's supposed to be done. But it's easy to jump on his case a little bit, I think, and not realize the weight and the severity of the situation that he was in. Boy, Gideon put out a fleece at a time when he needed God like no one else needed him. He put out a fleece at a time when he needed to know what the will of God was. And not only did he need to know that that was God's will, but he had to be convinced in his own heart that God not only had told him to do it, but that God would allow him to have the power to do it, that God would accomplish it through him. And I'll be honest with you, I've had times like that in my life where I needed not just to know God's calling, but I needed a demonstration of God's willingness and ability to equip me, And his willingness and ability to follow through with what he told me to do. Because it's very easy to say, this is what I ought to do. And it's another thing entirely when everything's against you to go out and to do it. Isn't it? But when Gideon put out a fleece, I find it really incredible. As really, as bold as it was, as in some ways it seems like Gideon was just doing this out of doubt and fear... As amazing, as, as as bad as it seems his motives were, at the same time, God answered the prayers. And I think that if we look a little bit at this passage, we can see that I don't believe Gideon's motive was wrong outright here. There was the motive behind putting out a fleece. Let's look at that very quickly because a lot's been said about it. But Gideon, it's easy to say he just didn't have enough faith, but the truth is... We all need more faith. We all need stronger faith. And while, yes, Gideon said, if you're going to do what you said, God, help me out in this way, Gideon was looking to strengthen his faith. You see, there was a motive behind Gideon's request that's a bit unseen, but I think is extremely important. Because the first thing I think Gideon did right in this passage is that he was honest about his lack of faith. Which, I'll be honest tonight, is more than I can say of myself in certain situations. You see, I come to a situation and I say, I need to trust God. Okay, I'm just going to trust God. And really on the inside, I'm just hiding all the doubt and the fear. I'm not letting God take care of it, I'm just hiding it inside but you know what? God knows all of that anyways. God knew that Gideon was fearful. God knew that he needed something to help him along. And so Gideon was honest with the Lord and said, Lord, I need your confirmation. And tonight, if you're looking to make a decision, I don't think there's a better way, really. We'll talk about it in a bit To to get a very firm answer from God than to put out a fleece and say, Lord, I need an answer. If you need a help in your faith tonight, I trust this will also be an encouragement to you that Gideon, we could look at him and say he lacked faith. But by the end of the story, you find out that he goes out and God uses him to defeat an army. I can't do the math. A thousand times his size, just about. Amazing. Amazing. But Gideon was honest about his lack of faith. Contrast this with the Pharisees, because there is a time when it is absolutely inappropriate to come to God with questions like the Pharisees did. Luke twenty-two, sixty-seven. 67, the Pharisees, the great Sanhedrin, which should have known better, came to Jesus with a question and said, Art thou the Christ? Tell us. but they didn't want to know. They weren't looking to increase their faith. And Jesus said to them, If I tell you, ye will not believe. But compare that to the man in Mark 9 that we heard just not too long ago as Pastor Gilbert preaches through the book of Mark. In Mark nine twenty three, Jesus said unto a man whose son was demon-possessed, whose the disciples couldn't cast him out, the Pharisees couldn't cast him out, there was nothing that could be done for his son. And he says... If thou canst believe, Jesus says to him, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. You see, there's a heart difference between the question the Pharisees asked and the lack of faith, if you'll have it, of this man who said, Lord, help me believe. I want to have faith. And there's a difference between a Christian coming to God and saying, God, show me. I want to know. Show me something so that I'll know to obey you. And a Christian coming and saying, Lord, I need your help. I need your confirmation. I need your guidance. I don't think there's anything wrong with us admitting in a situation like that and saying, Lord, I lack the faith I need. Help me to have the faith that I'm supposed to have. Because the difference between the two is a hard attitude a humility, a hard attitude of a desire to, do, to obey God, a desire to increase our faith in God. Matthew fifteen eight is one of the saddest verses that I think Jesus quoted when he looked out at the Pharisees and all the people there and he said, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You might look at Israel and say, oh, they kept the law. Man, they even made rules so that they wouldn't get close to breaking the law. I I think one of the funniest of those rules I read about was that if you got up on on Sunday, because the Sabbath is Saturday, if you got up on Sunday, I read that one of these particular traditions, and it wasn't mainstream necessarily, but one of the groups said you could not on Sunday eat a chicken egg because that was laid on the Sabbath, and that would be getting too close to work on the Sabbath. Amazing, right? But they did all of this so that they would, quote, get nowhere near breaking the law. It was, in a sense, you would say, well, they had good intentions behind it originally. Well, yes, but Jesus said to them, go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. It's not about the ritual coming to church. It's not about the ritual of getting up with the word of God and And your coffee and your prayer, I don't have coffee, so I'm sorry. Uh, I break that tradition. Uh, But it's not about all those things. It is about a relationship with God. It is about you and me having a relationship with Christ that is such that I can come to him and say, Lord, I lack the faith I need, but I want to obey you. I want to have faith in you. Isaiah 29 is what Jesus quoted when he said, this people draws nigh to me with their lips, but their hearts far from me. And later on in those verses in Isaiah 29, I'll read them for you, there's an interesting judgment pronounced. Isaiah 29:13 through 14 says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and for their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people. Even a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. You see, light obeyed brings more light, but light that's not heeded may be hidden. And that's what God did to Israel. We must be careful that what is outside is truly what is on our inside that we don't aren't, aren't just playing church, that we truly are in Christ. Struggling against the flesh to obey. while you're trying to obey God is just human. Let me just tell you, that is something you will deal with every day of your life. But God still expects us to obey. You see, there's not a question of whether we can doubt God and question him and sit there and say, oh, God has forsaken me and I don't know. No, 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 no. That is completely inappropriate, but there is a time when we can come to God and say, Lord, help my unbelief. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he, God made to believe, and yet he still, his heart was so hard he would not for long allow the children of Israel to leave. He still sent his army after them. Isn't that amazing? Matthew 13, 15, Jesus also pronounced this against the people that followed him. For this people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Let's be open to the word of God. Let's allow God what he says in his word. Let's allow that to rule in our hearts and to guide us first and foremost. You could say a lot about the motives of Gideon, but I believe that this at least, this part of his motive was pure. He wanted more faith. He wanted to believe God, and he needed God's help to do that. And really, in this story, I see that Gideon by his actions, proved God's faithfulness. Look back at Judges chapter 6, and you can look in verse number... Excuse me, verse number... Um, lost my place here. Look at how he blew the trumpet in verse number 34, and then I want to go back and just show you something about that. It says, But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, in verse 34, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiezer." Was gathered after him. Now that may, name doesn't mean much to us, but it meant a lot to Gideon. Because look back at Judges chapter six, verse eleven. Earlier in the chapter, as he has his meeting with the angel, and God calls him a mighty man of valor and says, "I've chosen you to fight the Midianites." There is some information given about Gideon. Look what it says. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abiezrite. And his son, Gideon, threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. That Abiezrite is the family of Abiezer, right? Gideon is the son of Joash, who is an Abiezrite. Gideon was an Abiezrite. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but we'll take God's word for it. He was an Abiezrite. An amazing story takes place that we don't have much time to cover, so I'll just give it just briefly, between what happened under, in that threshing floor when the angel of the Lord came and when Gideon blows the trumpet. Gideon's father was heavily involved in idolatry, and so was his entire family. They worshipped Baal, and God, the same night he told Gideon, you're going to lead Israel and fight against the Midianites, he told him, well, there's something you need to do first. First. You need to go tear down the altar of Baal. This was the, forgive me for the term, the family altar, right? That's not how we use it normally nowadays, right? But this was the family altar to Baal. And Gideon's supposed to tear it down. And, of course, you probably know some of the story. He goes by night and he does this, and they nearly put him to death. But his father comes and says, let Baal strike him down. And he's spared by the hair of his chin, right. Now, Gideon blows a trumpet, and all of Abiezer is gathered to him. They were idol worshippers, but Gideon had proved to them the power of his God. But I believe that Gideon also, through this fleece had an opportunity even further to prove to them, not only is my God strong enough to protect me from Baal, God is strong enough to lead our army against the Midianites. Why? Because I, he, I put the fleece out, and he answered me. And he gave more proof. And notice how he does it twice. I can't help but think maybe that was by design, that he puts it out twice and says, Lord, the first time let it be wet. And let it be dry around. But in case anyone thinks that's a fluke. Or maybe even Gideon had a thought. Just make sure. He puts it out again. Let the fleece be dry. Let the ground be wet. And he does it. And God answers the prayer. Gideon in all of this proved God's faithfulness to those around him. And his calling to lead Israel against the Midianites. So we've looked at the motive of Gideon. We've looked at how he wanted to strengthen his faith. That's, I believe, his, his primary motive behind this request, a really odd request of putting a fleece out. But the second, I want us to look at the method of putting out a fleece because I do believe this is a method that we can use in the correct circumstances in our life at times to get God's guidance. There, there are some limits to it, uh, and we need to be careful with it. Anything that's outside of God's word, we need to be careful with. To check against God's word, right? We need to always make sure that whatever we're doing falls within the leading of God's word, prayer, and the spirit of God in our hearts. And we need to make sure that that, that those things are right. But there is a method of putting on a fleece that I think many of us have probably come to the point of saying, Lord, I need an answer. So let's look at that. Look at Gideon's method. And let's first understand a couple of pitfalls. The first I've already mentioned a couple of times, and it bears repeating again, never allow anything to take precedence over God's word. If God's word speaks clearly on a matter, there is no praying about it. (laughs) I've heard a lot of pastors say, the thing I hate to hear in counseling is, well, I'll pray about it. Because many times you're giving biblical guidance, and then they say, well, I'll think about it, I'll pray about that. There's no need to pray about what God has already clearly spoken about. So we need to be careful of that. If God's already spoken, we are to obey. Secondly, there is a pitfall mentioned in James chapter 4 that we make sure our requests are not selfishly motivated. James 4.3 says, Ye ask, they're praying, but receive not, because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. In other words, they wanted something and they wanted to pray to get it. But it was what they wanted and not what God wanted. God won't answer that kind of prayer. But God does answer prayer when we're in need. God wants us to ask. James 1.5 says, If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God. God gives direction through the word of God. He gives direction through godly counsel. There are times when God will give direction through circumstances. But God also gives direction to us for his will through answered prayer or unanswered prayer. There are times when this can be very, very helpful to specifically pray and ask God to show you the way. But if you're going to do this and put out a fleece, there, here's a few things that I see from Gideon that would be great guidance, I believe, for us if we are to put out a fleece and say, Lord, here's something. If you will answer this request, I will know this is your will. And if you don't, I'll know it's not. Here's a couple of things that Gideon did. He let his request be simple. It was a very simple thing. It wasn't, "Lord, help the whole mess in Afghanistan to get solved tomorrow." <laughs> oh, it is a mess, isn't it? Pray for people. There are Christians there that need our prayers. But let a request be simple. Gideon's request was as simple as it gets, really. Now I'm not saying it wasn't supernatural, but it was very simple. Lord, let the fleece be dry, let the ground be wet. I'll know one way or the other, right? And if, and if not, I guess I'll do it a second time, right? He made sure. The second thing, let your request be something that's out of your control. I think this is extremely important, something Gideon was very wise to do. It wasn't, Lord, if we get the harvest in in time, then I'll know. That's something he could have manipulated. He could have taken care of that. He was, a, he was threshing wheat there at the beginning of this whole thing. No, it was something out of his control, something that he could do nothing about. Thirdly, I think he did something very wise in that he put a timetable on his request. He said, tomorrow morning I'll wake up and I'll know whether God's answered this prayer. That's something I think is very wise because we can get ourselves in a big, long, drawn-out, well... He hasn't answered yet. <laughs> and that's not a good thing for us. And it's not what the Lord intends for us to do either. God is clear when he gives direction to us. He's not going to leave you in limbo. So don't, don't even allow yourself the opportunity to doubt that. Don't put yourself in that position. Ask God a specific time and a specific way for something that's out of your control. And then the last, well, not the last thing, the second to last thing, it should be the last thing, but we'll get to that in a minute, is to let God speak. Let God have his way. Stop worrying about it. Take your hands off the wheel and let God work. Let God speak. This is the hardest part. To just say, Lord, I prayed. Now I'm trusting you to answer. But it's what Gideon did. I believe it's what we ought to do as well. The last thing ought to go without saying, but this is what it is. Do what God says. Obey what he shows you to do. Gideon may have put the fleece out twice and maybe he, maybe he showed a little weakness doing that, okay? Maybe. I don't know the situation. But I do know this. When that fleece came back in the second time and it was dry as a bone and he couldn't wring a drop of water out of it, he said, I know what God wants. And he didn't hesitate. He goes, he gathers his army and he heads out to fight the Midianites. It's just that simple. When God says what to do, Obey. And I believe when used rightly, this this method of specific prayer can be something God can use to fulfill Proverbs 3 5, and 6, which is extremely important verses if you're looking for God's will. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Those three conditions. Follow, are followed by a, an amazing promise. Trust in the Lord. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And then the last thing I want us to see tonight, before we close, is not only the motive behind his faith, the method of his faith, but now the making of his faith. I want us to step back a moment from this, because it's very easy for us to get caught up in the fleece, And wow, man, Gideon put something down and something supernatural happened. And it is an amazing story. I love the story of how God led Gideon and and what he accomplished through a man who just said, I'm just a normal guy. But there was something very important that took place in verse 34 that we have not mentioned yet. And that is at the very beginning. Judges 634 says, but the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Without this, none of the rest of this passage would matter. Without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Gideon would not have had the wisdom to put down a fleece. He would not have had the power of God to go with him to fight the battle. He would not have had the leadership he needed to call Abiezer to himself when he blew that trumpet and all of the other tribes that came with them. There was something that happened to Gideon beforehand. Now, in the Old Testament, we understand that the Spirit of God would come upon a man and then he would depart. And he might come on, but it was for a season. But in the New Testament, we find that the Holy Spirit indwells our hearts at the moment of salvation. When you and I get saved, we have the Holy Spirit residing inside of us. You know what that means? That means we have the supernatural enabling that Gideon had, only we have it 24-7. We have it every single day of the week. So when we look at the making of faith, understand there was something that happened to Gideon before he was even to the point where he could pray and ask the fleece. before he could go fight the battle, before any of that could happen. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Can I say, if you're here tonight and you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart for salvation, you are not going to be able to receive the guidance you need. We all need help making decisions in life. We all need encouragement when doubts and fears are all around us. And boy, it seems like there's more every day. So many things tonight were mentioned as as just serious prayer requests. And boy, somebody who came in, Who's unsaved might be sitting there thinking, boy, these people just come here and they just share all these uh, Debbie Downer news. And then they come here and they just talk about that. And then they try to pray. We try to stand up and say it's all good. But they don't understand something. They don't understand that when you have the spirit of God inside you, when you have Jesus Christ as your savior, you have a father in heaven who's in control of all of that. And we go to him with our request and the burden is lifted. Amen. When we bring things before him. But we need the making of our faith. Can I say this just briefly before we close? Nothing will replace, nothing will substitute for the guidance of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's not a fleece that you can put on the ground. There's nothing you can do that would give you enough wisdom like the Holy Spirit in your heart will do. We get that spirit again when we're saved. John sixteen three says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit is first of all a guide to salvation, but then his ministry after that is indispensable in doing and discovering the will of God in our lives. Without the Holy Spirit, we're lost. We have nothing that we can, we can find for ourselves. We, we are going to be completely be just lost with as regard to decisions to make. So if we want to be a people of faith, and I know we do. I, I know many of you, and I've seen your testimonies. And I know that many of you want to be the man and the woman God has called you to be. And I'm thankful for that. If you're here tonight and you're just at the brink of just struggling with the doubts and the fears... And you're just having a hard time trusting God. Be encouraged. God answered a prayer that we look at and say, well, that was a weak prayer. But man, God had the mercy and grace to reach down to Gideon and say, boy, I know you're struggling and I know it's hard, but I will help you. I will equip you. I'll give you the ability you need. God will do that for you too. If you're struggling tonight with your salvation whether you're not sure or you know, know that you're not saved, the Holy Spirit is ready to come in your life and save you. He's waiting on you to do just a couple of things. Realize you're a sinner. Realize that you cannot do anything for your sin. And accept Jesus Christ's sacrifice, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and the life he now will live. He promises to live through you if you accept him as your Savior. And then tonight, if you have a decision that you need help with and you say, God, I need your wisdom, can I encourage you? Pray specifically. Look at the word of God. Get guidance. Pray. Ask God to show you specific areas that maybe are not right. And then pray some specific prayers. Say, Lord, I need your help. I'm putting out a fleece. I need your answer. Fast and pray. Let God work. He will guide you through all of that. Let's be a people that of faith that seeks God in every way we can. And let may God give us a heart of humility to seek his will to do it when he shows it to us. Let's pray.